Last week, President Xi of China began his third term as president, most likely locking in his place as dictator for life. What does that mean for China and the rest of the world? Is China becoming more dangerous as a major global power? Welcome to Four Shadows Report, a podcast in which we learn how we can keep watch and find hope as we grow in our understanding of Bible prophecy. This is Steve Miller. Today, we're going to look at important events that are taking place in China. This will be a two-part series in which we explore what's happening in China today and in the next podcast, what that could mean for the future. Our goal will be to gain a clearer understanding of current events in China that could affect how the end times play out. Over the past 10 years, under President Xi, the Chinese Communist Party has tightened its grip over China. Xi himself has become the most powerful leader over the country since Mao Zedong. Amazingly, he holds all three of the top positions of authority over China. He is the president, he is the head of the Chinese Communist Party, and he is the commander-in-chief over all the nation's armed forces. Since his rise to power, Xi has taken China in a more authoritarian direction. His objective has been to create a China in which every person vows total allegiance to the Chinese Communist Party. His goal is to create an absolute unity of mind among all the people, an ideological purity that brings every person in line with the vision and dictates of the party. For context, Let's look at some of the ways that Xi and the Chinese Communist Party have become more authoritarian in recent years. One of the promises Xi made when he first came to power in 2012 was that he would purge the Chinese Communist Party of corrupt leaders. Back then, corruption was widespread. But this purge ended up having a second and more sinister purpose. Xi used it to also remove from power anyone who was likely to challenge his authority. To date, more than 4.5 million officials at all levels in China have been investigated, with many being purged and some imprisoned. In China, many schools, businesses and organizations, and even public or private clubs are required to have a Communist Party cell within it. These cells are small committees of Chinese Communist Party members who makes sure that everything that happens conforms to party ideology and expectations. These cells also serve as communication links between the school or business and the Chinese Communist Party. This means that party authorities are constantly watching over everything that happens, and frequently these party cells have the power to influence the decisions made by a company leader These cells give the Chinese Communist Party enormous say over the way that businesses and schools are run, and the party has been aggressive about establishing more and more of these cells all across the country. So the Chinese Communist Party has spread its tentacles to involve itself in every aspect of Chinese society, making it very powerful. Then there are the surveillance systems that include an estimated 540 million 
closed-circuit TV cameras, which are equipped with artificial intelligence and used to keep an eye on people's every move. Entire cities are blanketed with cameras to the extent that there is no place for anyone to hide. Even school children are watched, and in fact, in some schools, the students' uniforms come embedded with microchips that keep track of their movements around the school, what they buy, how they spend their time, and so on. And if a student attempts to skip class, the microchip sends an alert to teachers and the parents. Strict internet and social media censorship policies silence any voice that is perceived to be a threat to the state or that deviates from Communist Party ideology. The internet system in China is called the Great Firewall. This past year, the Chinese government has cracked down more than ever on people who use special technology in an attempt to get around this Great Firewall. There are many blogs, podcasts, and live-streamed videos that have disappeared, and any website inside or outside of the country that carries unapproved content is immediately blocked. Many of the social media platforms have become much more difficult to use or outlawed altogether. For example, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube, and Snapchat are all blocked, and so is the Google search engine. All of this is part of President Xi's efforts to exercise much tighter control over the flow of information in China. All of this work is carried out by what's known as the Cyberspace Administration of China, or the CAC. This CAC works in affiliation with the Central Committee of the Chinese Communist Party and regulates all internet activity. The CAC has the power to create and enforce laws and to punish violators, and it tells media companies what they're permitted to cover and what is prohibited. It's estimated that the CAC's Internet Management Office has as many as 60,000 internet propaganda workers and some 2 million employees. So there's a massive army of people involved in supervising and suppressing the internet in China. China also has the most advanced and pervasive social credit system in the world. It constantly monitors people's behaviors, and all the tracking is done through apps and surveillance systems. If you do what the government likes, your social credit score goes up. If you do things that are wrong or disapproved of, your score goes down. Whenever you leave your home and carry out your daily routine, your score determines whether you're rewarded or punished. If your score is low, you will be permitted little or no access to government or community services or transportation or medical care and other such things. If your score is high, you get rewards or perks. You're given upgrades on airfares or train tickets. You're permitted special privileges from the government or local businesses and so on. And if your score gets too low, you can be blacklisted with your name appearing on a local sign or billboard that ensures you are publicly shamed. The purpose of this social credit system is to force all people toward total compliance. It's forced assimilation. It is the ultimate form of social control, and it instills great fear in the population. What's especially scary is that China is exporting the technology for this system to other countries that are experimenting with various ways to ensure 
that people cooperate with government mandates or restrictions. Under President Xi's rule, China has also been involved in ethnic cleansing and genocide. In the far west province of Xinjiang, more than one million predominantly Muslim minorities have been placed in nearly 400 prison camps. China calls them education and training centers, but they're actually high-security prisons. The inmates are treated brutally and are used as slave laborers. All inmates are given rigorous ideological training and cannot be released until they meet with Communist Party committees that test them to ensure that they have been converted. The COVID lockdowns in China have been among the strictest in the world, with entire cities of millions of people locked down for as long as two or three months, unable to get food or medical care. Last spring, the city of Shanghai, a population of 26 million, was shut down for 60 days. Because the goal of China's zero-COVID policy is to isolate every single case, those who test positive are bused to special quarantine camps, some of which have many thousands of beds. President Xi himself dictated China's zero-COVID policy, meaning that as long as he is in power, China will continue with this harsh lockdown, which have done a lot of damage to the economy. Then there's what's called Xi Jinping thought. This is Xi's own brand of Chinese socialism, and it is considered the guiding philosophy of the Chinese Communist Party. In 2017, the party amended China's national constitution so that Xi's political thought is now part of it. In 2021, all elementary and secondary schools were required to offer a curriculum in Xi Jinping thought. This curriculum is designed to indoctrinate all children and teens in the ideology promoted by the Communist Party. The intent is to push everyone in China toward a single way of thinking and a single national identity. Children are viewed as belonging to the state and the party uses this curriculum to essentially brainwash them and ensure absolute and fervent loyalty to the state. There is even an app called Learn From Xi, Strengthen the Country. This app quizzes people to check on how well they know the Communist Party's ideology. These are just some of the ways that China has stepped up its control over the people within its own border. China has also been very assertive overseas, and we'll touch on that in the next podcast episode. All of this brings us now to what just took place in China last week, the 20th National Congress of the Chinese Communist Party. These congresses take place every five years. What makes the 2022 Congress a bit unusual is that normally a president is supposed to step down after two terms. But over the past 10 years, Xi has strategically consolidated his power to ensure that he would be given a third term and now he is likely to remain dictator of China for life. Now, the Communist Party Congress is a really big deal in China. Many months of preparation go into planning it. A lot of hoopla and national pride surrounds it. The event is elaborately choreographed from start to finish to ensure that specific agendas are carried out and proclaimed to all of China. It is pure political theater. 
The purpose is not discussion and debate, but to proclaim what has already been decided. The party's goals are presented with the expectation that everyone in China will walk in lockstep and do their national duty to make these goals reality. During the weeks before the Congress, Xi carefully chose behind closed doors who he wanted to serve on his 25-member Politburo and his seven-member standing committee. These two groups are the most powerful political bodies who work alongside Xi, and his selections are based on loyalty. These leaders are all yes-men who will go along with whatever Xi wants. And while the National Party Congress has 2,300 delegates, all they do is rubber stamp the agenda that Xi and his select committees have already established. One of the Communist Party's main messages at last week's Congress was that Xi embodies everything the party stands for. His ideology is viewed as the guiding principle that the party needs to follow if it is going to have a successful future. The party has made it clear that it believes Xi alone can navigate China toward becoming a dominant world power. In fact, one of the party's nicknames for Xi is the Great Helmsman, a nickname that was also used for China's most powerful dictator in the 20th century, Mao Zedong. Also, this past week at the Congress, two high-ranking officials used the term leader in reference to Xi. In China, this term has long been reserved solely for Mao. It's a term of great praise, and that it is even being used for Xi shows just how revered he is. Based on everything we've seen, Xi's level of power shows every indication of being more extensive and influential than any other leader, not only in China, but in the world. During the Congress, President Xi told the party that China's place as a global power depends on absolute security. In other words, the party needs to do everything it can to maintain strict controls over the country and beyond so that its goals can be carried out unhindered. Xi used the word security 91 times in his report given at the beginning of the Congress. He is pushing what he calls a global security initiative. This initiative is far-reaching. It talks about China strengthening its security in more than a dozen areas, including outer space, the polar regions, and the oceans. Xi's great emphasis on the idea of increased security is code for the Chinese Communist Party to expand its powers in the name of protecting China and its autocratic form of government. And by the way, it's interesting that in the same report that Xi used the word security 91 times, he referred to COVID only two times, most likely to minimize any possible criticism of his zero COVID policy. In summary, to get an idea of Xi's views on China's place in the world, here are three instructive quotes. In his speech in 2012, he spoke of his commitment to the great rejuvenation of the Chinese nation. He has used this phrase repeatedly throughout his presidency, emphasizing his desire to see China reemerge as a great world power. In 2016, Xi said that the Chinese people are fully confident in offering a China solution to humanity's search for better social systems. 
And in 2017, he said China is blazing a new trail for other developing countries to achieve modernization. In other words, she is holding up socialist China as an ideal model for how the rest of the world should be run. Now that the Congress is over, and Xi has safely secured his third term, he will be able to step up his exercise of authority. He will face virtually no opposition. The direction we've seen China take during the past 10 years will continue unchallenged, with Xi achieving new levels of authoritarian control. How do we see his influence affecting the rest of the world? That's what we'll look at in our next podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Foreshadows Report. My hope is that you found this helpful toward a better understanding of important trends and activity taking place in our world today. And if you'd like to listen to other podcasts along these lines, you'll want to go to a series of six episodes that I did during Season 1, a series called Prophetic Hotspots, which looked at different, prophetically significant hotspots in the world. All my podcasts can be found at my website, stevemillerresources.com. Be sure to look over all the different topics that we covered in Season 1. Again, that's at stevemillerresources.com. In closing, I want to express my appreciation to Harvest House Publisher for making this podcast possible. And be sure to join us again when Part 2 of this series on China becomes available.